Welcome back to Butter With That, a movie podcast where a bunch of friends come together and talk about movies. Um, I want to say that Sam and Tori are here in spirit, uh, uh, but not in body. Fortunately, we spooky. have... I know, spooky is very uh, thematic for this month's theme, uh, but we are so excited to have our very first guest on Butter With That. This is a historic moment. Um, Alyssa Miller is here to... Uh, yeah, woo, 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 woo. Hi, to share the space. It's so wonderful to have her. So um, this is a very, very momentous event in Butter With That history. I got, a, title. got some big imaginary shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the next guest has to fit into my shoes. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, everybody. It's a nice thing about getting into Well, maybe ground. you'll be back <laughs> shortly. I'll be back so <laughs> shortly. All I need is an introduction and then just ask me a nice invitation. Um, thanks, guys. Hi. So Hi. happy to have I'm you. So happy to have uh, you. Fun fact about Alyssa, she's the one who actually came up with the name Butter With That. That's right. I did. It was in a car ride. <laughs> Thought, why not? Do you want butter with that? Because I was thinking, like, you go to the movie theaters, sometimes they ask, you want butter on that? I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. I mean, so butter's like butter. a funny word. Layer it, please. Can you layer this butter? Yeah. Thank well, you. Now at self-service stations, they've outsmarted us. How you many pumps of the thing do you guys generally want with your About popcorn? 30 seconds worth. Yeah, I mean, like, you press the button, and I do, like, a good coating. So maybe 30 seconds, I'd say. It's mm. salt. Mm-hmm. I just kind of spritz it for, like, five seconds at a time and then shake it up. So Ooh, with the hopes yeah. that it'll go deeper, but that never works. It never works. But then you get, like, popcorn fatigue when you're waiting for the movie, so you don't really notice how much butter is at the bottom. It's fine. It's true. Know. It's and I also I never notice how much there is while I'm watching the movie, because trailer time is just time to chow down, and then I'm exhausted. <laughs> Trailer time, time to chow down. This is the episode where we transition from movies to just talking about butter for an hour. Honestly, it's about to happen. In honor, yeah, of like spooky month, you know, what better time to than October to just watch a ton of movies, eat a ton of popcorn, and chow Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. My dad used to think that um, the Cracker Barrel was called Country Croc. Country Croc. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. Mm. Fun. Oh, country crock. Big old crock pot. Get some popcorn in that crock pot. Yeah. So <laughs> as you all can tell, we could talk about popcorn forever because there's so many nuances to uh to the popcorn. to the dish. It's My so good. Snack. Thoughts on like caramel popcorn or cheesy popcorn? It's a good time. Caramel, cheesy popcorn. Not so fine. much for me. Yeah. I was always a big fan of the Johnson's uh boardwalk, like Ocean City Boardwalk caramel. Yeah. Popcorn. I don't love kettle corn. Because whenever oh, I'm eating so good. I know, but when I'm eating kettle corn, I'm like, I want this to be salty and buttery. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. I like popcorn though. <laughs> 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 uh, well, uh, with talk of popcorn, want to open it up and see if folks have seen some good movies recently or some bad movies. Either one. <laughs> hmm. What did I just watch? Dave, do you want to go first? Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. Um, I saw Joker. Um, did you find out how he got those scars? No. Oh, damn. No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. Yeah, Todd Phillips is a uh, you know new vehicle for Joaquin Phoenix, um, the new DC one-off. Um, it's gotten a lot of attention for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's gotten some pretty mixed reception. A lot of people saying a lot of different, taking a lot of different things from it. Um, I was very excited about it at the announcement, especially when I saw the teaser trailer, as I mentioned. In one of our episodes, it was one of the films, uh, film trailers that gave me the trailer tingle, uh, but then moved on to like the full trailer, which seemed to like kind of 
hint toward where this film was going and it turns out it went hard in that direction which I found to be not great and uh, frankly I thought it was real I thought it was bad I'd say uh, you could you could skip it if you have a general fascination in like D- the DC universe or this character or Joaquin Phoenix maybe see it maybe give it a shot but uh, for me it and I, again it's so recent it's so new I don't want to spoil anything for anybody necessarily but I will say um, I found it's it's crowning achievements to be it's 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 photography and cinematography um but i found all that to be like wholly derivative of other films in a way that doesn't isn't homage is but is just sort of lifting from them and uh, i think the film has some really terrible if not at the very least really questionable messaging that i am personally very not into so um so yeah i uh i would say uh thumbs down to joker i watched it twice saw, paid to see it once and then watched it on um Watched it on the web, and uh, yeah, I gotta say, I thought uh, thought it was a real dud. So it's not mm. worth giving your computer a Russian virus. No, it, you can find it. <laughs> you can find it like I did on this weird Russian gambling website if you want to watch <laughs> it for free. But you can gamble and watch. Uh, movie. But I would re- I would not <laughs> recommend uh, gambling or this movie uh, for that matter. So okay, Joker better or worse than gambling? I I've not gambled, but uh, I'll say uh, I would I would. Wager a bet that uh, <laughs> that gambling is probably more fun. Probably. So yeah, oh. yeah. Let us know what you think, but I I gotta say for me it didn't do the job, and we'll we'll get into the specifics someday because I have a lot to say about it. But it's so fresh, I really don't want to spoil anything. So go check it out if you want, and uh, let me know what you think because I did not like it. Cool. <laughs> did you hear mumblings after the movie ended? As far as other people's reactions to it. Not really. The reception seemed to be largely like pretty warm. People okay. were pretty pretty into it, or just like um, I don't know, just sort of like a I don't know. It sounded like walking out of any other movie. It doesn't sound like the kind of thing that like the, the weird thing is that this movie has provoked so much conversation surrounding so many different issues and topics, and I think that the movie successfully tackles none of them. So mm. I think it's a it's a movie that a lot can be said about, but itself says very little. Mm. And the things that it does say are things that I. Uh, find morally, if not personally, objectionable. So, all right, all right. Well, yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, how about some other folks? What What have you all seen? Alyssa and I saw about... Jojo Rabbit. Was that nice. last week? Yeah, it was super good. Um, Want to thank the Gershman uh, Jewish Philadelphia Film Festival. Won some free tickets on their Facebook page to go see it. I think it's in uh, the eleventh or the eighteenth. It's wide release. Um, so it was cool to see it early. Mm-hmm. When we were sitting down in the movie theater, I sat down and had just kind of looked around and I was like, there's a lot of Jewish people here. And then I remembered that, oh, this is for the Jewish film festival. So mm, I like connected yeah. the dots. So the like environment was a lot of like Jewish grandmas and grandpas, a lot of like older people. We were mm-hmm. definitely some of the youngest people there. So like when we were watching it and it was an amazing movie, it was very funny. It's a dark comedy. Didn't know that. Um, the, what's the director's name again? Taika Waititi. Yeah, I didn't know that Taika Waititi was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He's half Jewish. So he made the movie to give so that the next generation of kids don't forget about World War II and forget about the Holocaust. And he used, like, a dark comedy, like, really dark, like, Wes Anderson-style movie to, like, teach kids about, like, World War II, and it was real fun. Hitler is hilarious. And <laughs> Does he play... Can, can I get a brief, uh, brief synopsis of it? Yeah, I feel sure. like I've seen the trailer, but I didn't quite get the so full... So there's this little boy, 
and it's in Germany, right? Yep. And small town World Germany. World War II. War, small town. Him and his friends go to Nazi summer camp. <laughs> so they're learning how to be like Nazis, basically. It's they're like throwing, Hitler Youth Program. Yeah, yeah, Hitler Youth Program. It feels like um, Moonrise Kingdom. Right. Um, and like how wow. they're like hanging out in the camp and stuff. Um, little boy accidentally steals a bomb and like blows himself up a little bit. And Hitler's like... Teaching him how, and like this little boy really wants to be like Hitler. He wants to be a Nazi. He wants to be a freaking soldier and like kick some ass. He wants to be a man. Yeah, he wants to be a man. And to be a man in Germany, you got to be a Nazi at this time. And And his mom is all, sorry, I'm giving this an option. I was just going to say, if you haven't heard, Taika Waititi plays Hitler as this boy, Jojo's imaginary friend. Yes. Wow. It's very special. And it's got this like comedic, sort of like dark comedy tone to it. Scarlett Johansson, his mom is not about being a Nazi and being a soldier and stuff. And she's like, oh, it's a phase. You'll grow out of it. And she tries to like teach him that like, this is not the way the world works. And then some crazy crap happens. And then eventually the little boy learns that his mom is hiding. Um, No, this is part of it. Don't spoil it. No, it's not. It's in the trailer. There's another woman and she's in the attic and they're (laughs) hiding her. And then this little boy learns how to love. Like that's pretty much the movie. Um, It's not a spoiler. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Definitely want to check it out. Have loved all of his movies. Very good. Um, Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Stylistically via the trailer, which is all I've really absorbed, seems like very up my alley. Mm -hmm. I think you'll like it. Cool. A lot of the older people didn't really gather. Like, they made Hitler so silly. And we're like, well, that's the point, old people. Was... But this is interesting in thinking about how, uh, t- like, themes around the, ho- like, how the Holocaust is depicted in movies, maybe. I think, actually, you were mentioning this, Connor, like, changes in, I guess, the way that the Holocaust is being depicted. It was interesting and... watching a Holocaust movie that was not, like, Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. Something that was, you know, very serious, dramatic, when this is like a Taika Waititi take on a Holocaust narrative. Yeah. Um, with some really intense gut punches that, like, gets, that undercuts the comedy in, like, incredibly effective and moving mm. ways. It's pretty difficult in, like, the first 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, because you're just like, oh. And that kind of harkens back to a very rich, like, Jewish-American tradition of, like taking pot shots at, um, at some of the darker figures of the Holocaust mm-hmm. and, and sort of bring, um, you know, a, a responsible amount of like levity to it, which I think is really, you know, pretty awesome. There was a the movie, the original to be or not to be, uh, this like, uh, Polish director. And I think maybe Mel Brooks did like a remake of it, but it was film. I mean, it's, it was like a dark comedy that focuses on Polish occupation in mm-hmm. world war two. And it came out like, a year after the occupation like happened and this mm. Polish director had moved to Los Angeles and done this movie. Um, and yeah, that it's, that's quite, quite that's wild. Wow. That sounds um, rough. And yeah, I think they did a remake in like the, yeah, eighties or something. Anyhow. Um, cool. Yeah. Any other movies that we're excited about or that we've seen? Ooh, what did I just watch? I saw book smart again. Again, amazing movie. Mm. Everyone needs to watch it. It's so special and so funny. Um, what else? Uh, we talked about Venom last time we recorded. Watch Venom. Venom was dumb. <laughs> it was great, though. It was funny. Uh, boy. <laughs> had a great dumb time. Still got to see it. Got to witness what that what that was. Um, I've been kind of going on a, a scary movie kick. Um, 
specifically Guillermo del Toro, scary movie, or like horror movie kick. I watched Crimson Peak, which the art direction, the sets, the costumes are absolutely stunning. Um, and it's I thought for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I think I wanted it to be a little gorier, like a little more of the crimson and blood. <laughs> um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched The Orphanage, which was not directed mm. by Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, but was produced by him, uh, but with, directed by a, a Spanish director. And it was surprisingly good. It There were moments that felt a little bit overwrought, but then the ending, which under uh, I like subverted my expectations of where the movie was going in a really devastating way and a really effective way. So I highly recommend The Orphanage. Um, and then I watched Scream for the first time all the way the through. First time. The, awesome. first time, the first time all the way through, like sitting down and seeing the movie it's in its entirety. I had no idea... I didn't know what the ending was, so I was very pleasantly surprised. Oh, it's so good. That movie's great. <laughs> oh, it was so wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I've just been running through the horror uh, genre this month and excited to segue into um, talking about a movie that a couple of us actually went to see earlier this week, yeah. Yeah. which is the 1968 uh, horror classic. Rosemary's Baby, mm. uh, which we had the pleasure of watching at the Ritz Five. Tori did an introduction to mm-hmm. it, and it was just so wonderful to uh, to see that movie on the big screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Connor, what'd you think? You've <laughs> never seen it before, right? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it before. Um, I thought it was, this is probably my first time seeing like an old movie in the theaters, um, which was a really cool experience. Uh, they even had trailers for other older, like, 80s films they were showing. Um, That's cool. Nightmare on Elm Street is playing at Ritz 5 later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool seeing, what was the um, John Carpenter movie? Oh, my God. Something of Darkness. Uh, Prince, Prince Prince of, of Darkness. Darkness. I couldn't tell you what that movie is about from the trailer. <laughs> Lots of fingers going through uh, <laughs> mirrors. Like, mirrors and then very uh, v- viscousy, liquidy mirrors. Is that the oh, Prince okay. of Prince of Egypt, Prince of Darkness, his powers. <laughs> yeah, it's the sequel to Prince of Egypt. Amazing. Um, uh, I knew a little bit about this movie. Um, I've seen, I've probably seen the last scene a few times, that iconic scene where she like confronts, um, spoiler alert, confronts the demon baby that she gave birth to. What have you done to its eyes? <laughs> um, it felt very like theatrical, like very enclosed. It basically just takes place in their New York apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the production design, the sound design, um, it was just like an incredibly tense movie. Um, and I thought Roman Polanski did it like in a f- totally super effective job, like just building the atmosphere of this world, of this apartment and Rosemary who just wants to have a family. She wants to do these mm-hmm. things, but the men in her life, keep... the damn girl just wants to have a baby and everyone's just being a jerk. Yeah. yeah everyone's being horrible. God forbid Rosemary doesn't want a Satan baby. Oh, can you imagine can not having imagine? a statement, baby? <laughs> Alyssa, what do you think? <laughs> also seeing it for the first time. I saw it for the first time today. I watched it. Um, it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed how it was all shot in her per, per, in her perspective. Like Rosemary is very much just this woman trying to live her damn life, and she's an actress. Too bad her husband's really shitty at acting, and he can't get any jobs. Yep. But I really enjoyed, like, her struggle, and you all see it from her point. So it's like she's being 
like attacked all over the place by all these awful men and she's constantly like losing control throughout the movie but then when she's like pregnant about to give birth she cuts her damn hair and then she's (laughs) like i'm a strong woman but like you're still gonna hold me down on a bed and make me give birth and like give my baby to satan so yeah i liked it i had a good time i accidentally fell asleep through the middle of it though but then i woke back up well with a soundtrack that is lots of lullabies it it definitely lulls you to sleep i tried my best (laughs) most of them sung by mia farrow herself that in yeah so that intro song is definitely sung by mia farrow and it is it's interesting that the i mean the soundtrack is so good yeah Uh, Yeah, the composer uh christoph comeda comeda uh and yeah from that very first sing-songy lullaby at the beginning you're like this is sweet but also really scary it's very creepy it kind of like even just like in that introductory tone kind of like perfectly blends the like you know uh very like natural and like understandable excitement on her part um infused with like the tension and menace and horror of the undercurrents of the film up until its climax so it really like it sets a tone that you like would imagine is just like fanciful lullaby at the beginning of a film but if you've seen it more than once immediately establishes a sense of like dread of where mm-hmm. this is going mm-hmm. yeah the the way that it generates tension and dread over the course of the movie is is unbelievable um there aren't really any jump scares not that i saw oh, no. it was it oh. was a lot of thing okay yeah <laughs> no go for it no like, go i was raising my hand for next oh, oh okay. yeah, okay. yeah 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 but um i thought i had a jump scare i don't know scared. what to do i've never been on a podcast before <laughs> <laughs> um you can quack quack okay oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna throw ideas in with with a good quack but yeah just um a lot of the things for me that felt like they had the most tension was real world scenarios as mm-hmm. you were mentioning Alyssa it's like a woman trying to navigate the complexities of being pregnant mm-hmm. of giving and just kind of the situation of trying to locate a doctor and have mm. a second opinion from a doctor yeah. it's such a real situation mm-hmm. like she knows what she needs but nobody's giving it to her and it's mm-hmm. so freaking frustrating and stressful for her and it's like i i get it and that's where the anxiety from the movie comes from it's like these are all real world problems my baby probably won't be a satan baby but at least like what if i can't find the right doctor what if my husband or all the men around me are just like telling me what to do like what am i supposed to do with this right. also totally. her neighbors are the worst yeah. <laughs> right. oh, but also yes great point it's like not only that anxiety around trying to uh get medical advice and really try to understand what's like going on with your own Mm -hmm. body but also there are elements of social anxiety as far as like having neighbors that are intrusive and like all up in your business and i could imagine moving into a new place and be like oh we found our dream home oh my god we're like basically being like watched after uh by our our nosy neighbors and so it's like it can take as you mentioned real world things and ramp it up into a horror extreme Mm -hmm. and horror level Mm -hmm. in in a way that i don't know i can't really think of other movies that do it at that Um, it's up there for sure as far as that yeah Yeah. the movie also has some really interesting commentary on modern medicine Mm. yeah um because her neighbors are witches and they're part of this coven uh, her and when they when the neighbors meet her husband Guy, yeah, they essentially be like, "Hey, let Satan impregnate Rosemary, and you'll have a wonderful career." 
Like every your competitors will go blind. You'll get every part that you want. You just need Rosemary to carry Satan's spawn. Classic Satan. Classic Satan. <laughs> um, there he goes we again. just need your womb. And so there's this definite like. Satan probably doesn't care. <laughs> he chose her out of all the women, apparently. Um, this interesting balance between like Mimi, her neighbor, wanting to give her this like herbal, witchy, medicinal, milk-looking drink, when her original doctor is like, "Oh, take some, you know, pills." Some like neonatal pills and whatnot. Yeah, so that's this true. Interesting balance between like what medicine is the better medicine. Like he's just mm-hmm. playing with this idea of like what is actually better for a child, and like how do we navigate the world, especially uh, Rosemary being raised Catholic. Yes. Uh, and there's a theme throughout the movie of like God is dead. This is like what a Time magazine cover toward the end of the movie, right? Um, and even during it. So basically, when she is impregnated, blood test, she's pregnant. Oh, great. She's very happy. But as the months go by, she's like not getting any weight. The doesn't feel like the baby's growing. She's actually losing weight and looking very like skeletal yeah, gone. and pale and gone. Yeah. It's a great way to phrase it. Um, and so her friends are like, then she finally gets some friends over to a party because the doctor that she goes to that Mimi recommended, everyone's like, every pregnancy is different. Do not listen to your friends. Do not write your book. Do not read any books. Basically just trying to isolate her like anybody, you know. Like, who wants to create an abusive relationship <laughs> with do? doctor. No. Yo, you don't want to read books. Sorry. No reading for you. Why are you reading? Put that woman? book away. Put um, that book away. That would exhaust you. You're too tired already. You got a baby inside you. And so her friends, and she's like, I don't want to have an abortion. I don't want to have an abortion. So this, like, 60s of, like, how do, you know, birth control is a thing. You know, how do women own their own, you know, bodies and babies yeah. and reproduction. So very, I feel like delicately handles this idea like interweaves into this like satan baby narrative yeah Yeah. 1968 yeah like delving deep into into these issues mid-60s um a thought that came to my mind as i was thinking of like audiences seeing this movie in 1968 could i think of a core or like a Mm -hmm. parallel to audiences watching a movie today that Mm. is so intense did you have something for me, in a in a way, especially as it relates to um, kind of like a, a sense of like you know uh, feminine autonomy and um, and reproductive freedom, and um, and a sense of control over one's body, it did remind me in a sense um, in a modern sense of mother. Oh, a little bit. Oh I mean, like God. that's that's a well more like you know it's Darren Aronofsky joint so it's like well more like densely layered and like metaphorically meshed with other concepts but um but if you're going to take it at face value the horror of that is very much on display but you know in a in a more contemporary way because it is so like aggressively heightened and violent versus something that ha- is more subdued and of its era as as like Rosemary's Baby is that's interesting cuz that movie all also is set within the house that they're renovating yeah. and that, that's the Jennifer Lawrence movie. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Tremendously that, upsetting movie. It's mm. <laughs> <laughs> when's the right time to watch that movie. Like, yeah, now. Dave, when's your rec to watch it? Uh, I watched it at like two o'clock in the afternoon and it ruined my day. So oh, don't do that. God. So watch it maybe at night when you're about to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, talk about an ending. Smoke a little bit and mm. just yeah, cry my. and then go to bed. God. So that, that kind of rings a tone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, Apparently, I had read that his in, there were some readings of the movie. It was like, well, the Jennifer Lawrence's character is supposed to be like Mother Earth and how she's nature the, the versus ravage. God. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, yeah, yeah, 
also it's Darren Aronofsky, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and, yeah. but you, there's also this notion of just like watching a woman pacing through the house and her like going through this process of reproduction and like sort of this like I don't know Pygmalion thing. Or just like she's art and she's cr- yeah. I and don't if know. you take it at I face didn't... value as far as like a literal like situationist film that isn't like densely symb- symbolic, which it is, but if you just watch it that way. It is a true horror. Oh, yeah. Really, almost too much. I had a difficult time with it. It was, yeah, it was definitely wild. And I feel like the title gives you everything. Mother! Exclamation mark. (laughs) Mother! Mother! The end of that movie. The uh, alternate title for Psycho. Oh. (laughs) That would be the name of of Tony Hale from Rest Development's book. Mother! (laughs) Mother! (laughs) Lucille! I think. Oh my God! <laughs> Mama, uh, we're about to unplug the dam right oh, now. Oh boy! Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I, I were kind of talking about how it reminded us of Hereditary. I can okay. see that too. Like, I've Ari, seen those also, parallels drawn. Just like Ari Aster's uh, technique and like, and yeah, some of the family dynamic mm-hmm. things that he delves into in mm-hmm. a in a very intense and horrific. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my one friend, uh, Kevin, who uh, was also just happened to be at the screening of Rosemary's Baby, came up to me after we were chatting. He's like, yeah, it just like always reminds me a lot of like Hereditary. And I was like, whoa, Christine just said this. That's cool. <laughs> so it's interesting that he was on somebody else's mind, too. I really like smaller scale horror movies where it's not like, oh, the world is ending because this freaking ghost demon is trying to eat, <laughs> like swallow the planet. It's like it's you're at a house and it's just this woman or it's this family that's dealing with this like issue. Like, that's why I like the Babadook so much that's why i like conjuring so much um i really miss the days now that i watch more and more older horror movies i really miss like just normal music and like the music just gets a little bit more like creepy and kind of like unsettling as like more suspense Mm -hmm. happens instead of like the boom 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 scary ghost thing everything is yeah terminator (laughs) 2 that's that's my biggest criticism of it chapter one i haven't seen chapter two but chapter one like the music and the audio cues are so aggressive I no. love aggressive audio cues. I do yeah. really love that. When I love that just, When it's Second before one, every single... Sc- yeah, like, just let something play out every yeah. now just and then. Just let something happen. Yeah. But yeah, good movie. Um, yeah, so that... Yeah, any other thoughts about... What about on the comedy? for... Because this movie I thought was, like, surprisingly campy. Mm. Um, and I wonder if that was, really? like... Just because I, you sat next to me, Christine. I was laughing quite a bit. What did you laugh? I had some at? laughing moments well, too. Yeah, like, like at the end when she's like at the bed and she's like, "There's people in the home." Like she's locked herself in the home. Yeah, and there, there's like you see the two guys just like sneak past her like in a Scooby Doo cartoon. Is that just um, you? <laughs> but there were other moments too of like, especially with her and Guy in the beginning of their relationship. I thought there was like a good amount of humor, and like with Mimi especially. Yeah, the, uh, yeah the neighbor, yeah. the neighbor character. I didn't realize the actress that plays her is uh, in Harold and Maude. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, talk about a performance. She's amazing. Yeah, Which one's Mimi? She's the she's the neighbor, uh, oh, okay. the nosy neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when she puts her glasses up, she's like, "Let me read this." <laughs> oh, when she has the um, the the whistle attached to her wrist to get a cab. Oh, yes. <laughs> And it's just like a hard cut right after that. I had the biggest laugh just when the guy yells, God is dead. Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. God is dead. For the longest time, yeah, Choking Victim was my reference to this this movie because it's a band that um, uses a lot of sound clips. And just, yeah, the use of, God is dead. <laughs> Hail Satan. His time is here. Has anyone else listened to the podcast Tannis? Mm-mm. Oh, I don't Has know. I've heard it. 
No. Okay, I just was wondering if they got their name from oh, the I see. Tannis yeah, route. right, right, right. Oh. Very okay. witchy. Yeah, very rich, witchy. Um, also, um. the name of the book: All of them witches. Oh, all of them witches. witches. All of them witches. <laughs> you open a book. Here's a picture of them. Here's Jeez. one. Here's another. Oh. Here's a third. I'll you get what you pay for. <laughs> all all of them witches. Hundred percent guarantee. Witches. I did. I did have some thoughts as far as obviously Mia Farrow is titanic in this performance. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's like so incredibly emotive, especially um, especially after like the haircut when you can see more of her face and how expressive her eyes are and like how gaunt she's become as a performer, but also um, just within the context of of the whole story. Um, it reminds me so much of Shelley Duvall's performance in The Shining, mm-hmm. which. You know what? I mean, like, is kind of, like, tied to some of the production notes. I mean, this seems like another scenario where uh, a male director was probably pushing a, a, a female actor too hard, at least in some regards. One, Two notes that I have here are that, according to Mia Farrow, the scenes where Rosemary walks in out in front of traffic were spontaneous and genuine. Roman Polanski um, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. is reported to have told her that, quote, nobody will hit a pregnant woman, end quote. Uh, the Are scene was successful stupid. and shot with Pharaoh walking into real traffic and Polanski filming, operating the handheld camera since he was the only one willing to do it. Additionally, uh, Mia Pharaoh, uh, it, and it's unnoted whether or not this was willing or forced upon her, was uh, actually um, actually ate raw liver in uh, a scene of the movie, despite at the time being a vegetarian. Um, so it seems like a, another scenario where a, a male director has and he obviously it's roman polanski he's got a reputation beyond filmmaking that's fucking awful um but uh it seems like another case of a director probably male director probably leaning too hard and forcing too much upon an actress for the sake of a truly incredible role but at what cost and i i think uh this is another one that should be looked back on with uh, some skepticism as it regards that. Yeah. That yeah. always makes me very sad. Just give her some weird looking jello that's like colored weird that yeah. doesn't have animal bones in it. Like yeah. there's the solution. <laughs> Forgive Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah. I mean, established creep. Right. Uh, An essential monster, so. part of the conversation yeah. of talking about this movie is really trying to sort of navigate like creator versus this the art right. and this movie right. and how can which, you uh, yeah, which, read this movie knowing uh, more like about Roman Polanski and um cuz yeah. it's such a great movie about like a woman trying to fight against like the patriarchy That's the thing. but and yeah she shines so turd. brilliantly and his yeah. horrible and you know his his war, his vision however worked is successful in portraying her as like subverting that so i don't know it's a tough call it's a weird one i mean it's a i think it's a fantastic movie but I mean, I you can. I mean, he probably set out to communicate exactly what's there, but it doesn't mean that he followed, it. followed right, his own right, sort right. of, or, or followed sort of what we can draw from this movie as far as, um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, accountability he... for abuse towards, <laughs> towards yeah, women. I, was he even yeah. looking at it that way though? Like, I don't know what he was thinking in the '60s, but like, I watched interviews today where it was like he's just talking about how it's very real life and there's no horror in it except for her dream. And then like, what I really wanted to show was like how 
it's everyday life horror and you're just closing in on somebody and closing and closing and closing. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could also argue it's Ira Levin's story and he was taking that from Mm -hmm. the the text that it was based off of. And it's like deeply faithful to the book. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe at the heart of it really Mm -hmm. is the story that Levin wrote. Yeah, Um, that's true. So, but I I tried to watch the movie just like ignoring Roman Polanski. I just wanted to like appreciate the movie that was in front of me. And then later, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was interesting with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, Roman Polanski's in it, but it's very much like he's only in the background or he's watching or he opens the door. I think he has like a brief conversation with Charles Manson as he's like scoping out um, the Polanski place. And so it's just interesting of like, oh, I just watched a movie with him as a character that was very much, yeah, he's there. We have to acknowledge that this was historical reality, but just, you know, forget about him. I forgot about that. And then I like watched a video. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, any other thoughts about Rosemary's Baby? I feel like there was a, a kind of interesting... Se- yeah, go ahead. Something that surprised me a lot was the dream sequences mm. of oh, yeah. like how surreal a lot of parts of this movie were. I know we were talking about with your partner, Pat, about were, was the audio syncing with the nun like done on purpose? Or oh, right, yeah. The syncing? It's um, real trippy. So... I love those moments. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with like what I see on screen is like what was intended. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of how I saw it. But it was like just very disorientating and how I don't know how he shot it, but there's times when she's laying in bed and then you see a dream, but then the camera like rolls backwards and then you it goes from like her dream vision to just like her lying in bed thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like just in terms of how these dream sequences were shot, I thought were incredibly compelling. Yeah. Really good camera work because mm-hmm. they did a lot of like the very realistic one non no cut stuff. I liked it. Yeah, and and all contained within that uh, apartment building, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. I mean, which is kind of an interesting segue to something we were also going to talk about today, which was movies that uh, were as horrific behind the scenes as it was <laughs> in front of the camera. And um, one of those, in those top, like, cursed movie set lists, Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby is always up there as far Hell as... Yeah. Roman Polanski, you know, and the murder of Sharon Tate uh, mm-hmm. after the movie came out. Um, were they married? Or was Were they? They were, married. They, they were married. married. they were married. Oh, wait. Oh, she was pregnant with his child. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and that the whole building called the, the apartment buildings called the Dakota in New York. And 11 years after the movie came out, John Lennon was shot right in front <gasps> of the Dakota. Oh, shit. Yeah. And also the composer, Christoph Cometa, Com- died uh, a couple months after the release of Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. He apparently was pushed off of uh, like, a, like a staircase or some kind of uh, uh, balcony mm-hmm. at an yeah. event or party. But yeah, so definitely... Oh, and... Uh, Mia Farrow got, was served divorce papers by Frank Sinatra on the set of Rosemary's she Baby. Wow. Frank Sinatra. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What a world. What a, what a world <laughs> we live in. <laughs> yeah. Time to be alive. What? Yeah. The connections you make. Well, um, that's sad. Yeah, I know. So very intense. So not only the things she had to endure by walking into traffic, um, mm-hmm. literally, literally, uh, but also an a person. probably well, I, going through an emotional roller coaster. And in fact, I read that her haircut was short. Uh, a year before the movie and that she wore a wig for the first half of the movie and then she oh, unveiled her that's cool. awesome haircut that everybody through. just like 
disses her on. She's like, but Vidal Sassoon did it. It's a great haircut. <laughs> it's a great haircut. It looks nice. It looks awesome. Leave me alone, um, <laughs> But, yeah. So if we, uh, we're going to roll right into yeah, what was one it. category of a more... What were we entitling this segment? Buttery breakouts. Buttery breakouts, where we kind of <laughs> deconstruct the horror genre Ugh. and talk about different aspects of uh, scary movies. Yeah, uh, Connor's something. got some concept or highest grossing mm-hmm. uh, FA facts about horror movies, and I've got some behind the scenes little tidbits and trying a new segment. Yeah, we're just you See know what's up. we're spitballing here, which is yeah. a t- phrase I absolutely hate, but. <laughs> I throw spitballs all the time. I'm everywhere. (laughs) Dave, you better clean your room. Clean your room. I'm in spitting all over this place. (laughs) I'm going to use, yeah, some some corporate lingo because I've been watching a lot of Succession. Oh, the rich people show where rich people do rich people things. It's, yeah. And some real rich people shit went down. the show, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, anyhow. Another another time. Another day. Connor, you want to just give us the, the... the big heavy hitters in the in the horror movie genre. Yeah, did well. So you know me, I love the box office. Oh. I love the numbers. Oh, oh. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> love the numbers that movies make. Uh, Forbes had a really interesting list, um, and it's really one of my favorite things about the horror genre is that so many different movies can be considered horror movies. Mm. Um, So Forbes just had a really interesting article just thinking about like, hey, we made this list of the top grossing horror movies. You might not agree with what we consider a horror movie, but this is what we're, you know, considering in the horror genre. So number one was It 2017. Now, these numbers are unadjusted for inflation. This is just Uh raw money that was earned. Uh, So It 2017, $327.5 million in America. These are just domestic numbers. Okay. Uh, the Sixth Sense, 1999 classic. Mm. Our boy, M. Night Shyamalan. I like, still please, haven't seen Please come on the air. Please. Come here. Come here. Come here. I still haven't seen that movie, but I'm sorry. Still come here. My cousins are in that movie. Oh they were the little kids, like the like the t-ball team that was walking behind one scene. Hmm. Um, so that movie made $293.5 million. Wow. It's this is unadjusted. Longer. This is in 1999. Thank mm-hmm. you. What I, I, I feel like I forget how much of a hit that movie was. Uh, Jaws. 1975, they sure. consider a horror movie. Aquatic I, horror. Aquatic horror. <laughs> Boring horror. Um, what <laughs> lies beneath, also a, an aquatic Ooh. horror. Well, just wait. There's another aquatic horror movie on oh, here that's no. much more recent. Finding um, Nemo. Yes. <laughs> hey, when he's in the jellyfish. It's horrifying. That's horrifying. I'm horrified. Uh, so Jaws made $260 million. And considering how much cheaper movie tickets were in 1975, that's the fact lot. that that's still number three. Yeah, that's wild. That's a um, lot. Ghostbusters. Oh, $242.2 million, number four. And then The Exorcist is number five mm. with $232.9 million. Wait, where does a, like Get Out sit in all this? I thought that was like a real a shaker It's coming. Okay, okay. Um, so that's the top five, and that will probably stay that way until some next big horror movie. Um, it Chapter 2 is number six. Um, a good amount lower at $195.7 million domestically. Um, it Chapter 2 will probably get pretty close to $200 million in America. Um, and then Get Out's number seven. Okay. With $176 million. Mm. The newest Halloween, 2018, $158 million. Wow. Scary Movie, <laughs> also 100 or Halloween, 159 Scary Movie, 159 What about as well. Scream? Scream is not in the top 13. Yeah. <gasps> 
That's um, probably read more um, like blockbuster rentals. Rewatches. Than, yeah. Oh, yeah. What Lies Beneath. Yeah, are you serious? No kidding. Are number, you serious? Number 10 at $155.4 <gasps> million. That's crazy. I would never have guessed that. What's that How do you think movie? I've never that heard of that movie. It's oh, with Harrison Ford? Yeah, what movie is this? And, what do you think about it? Did you like it? The thing is, is I haven't seen it in oh, really? forever. Oh, no, okay. I've seen it, All but right. it's been a very long time. So I was asking for folks that have seen it, I've what would it be like as a rewatch? Yeah, have you seen it more recently? I've seen it more than once. I, I, I like it okay. Oh, well, also, like it okay. people in two thousand. We talked it. about um, clamoring it. up the. St- oh, that was clamoring up. Oh, that was in next week's episode. <laughs> um, Speaking of actors that clamor upstairs, I feel like that movie is a lot of Harrison Ford clamoring up stairs in that house. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But Grem- scary, spooky. But yeah, it, yeah it's, it's pretty Gremlins, good. Gremlins, were you about to say? Gremlins is number 11. Oh, oh nice. cool. $153 million. Then Jason Statham's classic, The Meg. The Meg. That's a Are horror? you serious? Yes. $145 million. Have you guys seen oh, it? That's no. Sucks. I give it a double thumbs up. Are you really? serious? It was... <gasps> I've seen like half of it. I I think it's on HBO, isn't it? It's so fun. Uh, It's such a fun movie. I'm in it for Rain Wilson. That's all I need. Um, He's hilarious. Sorry. I love him. The Meg. And then Dave. (laughs) Just for you. The Blair Witch Project at number 13. $140.5 million. I'm surprised that didn't make more money. That's the one that has probably made the most money versus, as far as its gross versus budget. I believe it still holds the record. Also with home video. If that is thrown into the mix. Yeah, like, like I believe that one still film. holds the title of like the cheapest and therefore most financially successful in what a reach horror movie. Is there a movie for me on the list? Everyone else got one. What's your favorite horror? <laughs> you have it. You loved it. I liked it. All right. <laughs> Jaws? You like Jaws? I like Jaws. Do you want, which movie do you want? I don't know. It's how long's the list? Give me number 20. I just have 13. I figured uh, that was number 20. I thought stopping at Blair Witch, Blair Witch Project would be. Yeah, yeah, an important distinction. Do you guys want to hear the adjusted list? I want Cloverfield. That made a lot of money, but not, not, that not in the top 13. I watched it on a plane once. Not a great plane movie. It was really good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds terrifying I also on watched plane. Plans Labyrinth on a plane. <laughs> What a flight. That was a good flight. (laughs) It was a good flight. It was sad. (laughs) All right. So um, at number one, adjusted for inflation. So basically that means Mm -hmm. what if ticket prices were always, what, $12? In 2019 money. So if movie tickets were the price they are right now for, you know, back in time, Mm -hmm. Jaws is number one. Sure. At $1.154 billion. Jesus. That dominated that year. The Exorcist at number two. Sure. Just shy of a billion at 996.5 million. Ghostbusters is a distant third with 641.3 million. Six cents, 518 million. Gremlins finishes out the number five. Wow. Top five with 409 million. It Chapter 2, 328. Jaws 2, number 7. Jaws 2? Jaws 2, 1978. Wait, how does It Chapter 2 surpass It? I said It. Did I say It Chapter 2? Yeah, okay. Sorry, just just, double checking. Yeah, It number 1, 2017. Jaws 2 made 312.8 million. Amityville Horror, the 1978 version, Mm -hmm. 310. Alien. Mm Mmm. Number nine with 286. Scary movie with 262. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that made the At the top, top 10. 10. And then what lies movie. beneath at number 11. Adjusted what? for the oh, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I got to watch it. I'll and then do you guys want to hear worldwide totals real quick? Sure. Sure, Mom. So this is in 2019 dollars. No, not adjusted for inflation. 
Um, it is number one with $700 million internationally. Sure. Like America, all over the world. Followed closely by The Sixth Sense with $672 million. Mm-hmm. War of the Worlds. Mm. Tom okay. Cruise. That, 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 I guess, did really well abroad. Yeah, 500, I mean, it did well. I mean, real life, it was scary million. for people. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> You're so right. That was not a good day for people. No, what no. a bad day that day. Um, I Am Legend <laughs> is number four. Starring Christopher Lee. <laughs> Spoiler alert the for a future episode. I, am le- I mean, God. he is a legend. He is. Um, so, yeah, well. the Will Smith classic, $585 million. Then World War Z. Oh. With $540 million. Uh, Was that any good? No. Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, the Meg is at number six. Go mm. the Meg. I'm telling you guys, give it a chance. With $530 million. Then Godzilla, the 2014 one directed by Ooh. Gareth Edwards, which was Oof. fine. Uh, ju- maybe just fine. Uh, with 529 sure. Then Jaws at number eight, 470 oh. It Chapter 2 Why? is at 446 and that will probably go mm. a little higher. Then rounding out the top 10 internationally is The Exorcist at $441 million. Oh. Money, money, money. Uh, what I learned was what lies beneath is the horror movie that I need to see. Yeah, it is. I, hey, Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer is the one who stars Ooh, in it. Along beneath? with, um, or does Harrison Ford lie beneath? I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I'm not going to say right. anything. Um, it's worth seeing though. Yeah, that movie's good. Hues of gray and like a little of green. That's what I picture when I think of that movie. That's about right. That'd be a good whiteboard question. Close your eyes and what, you know, a movie and what colors do you see? It may be on a golden pond. What does this we'll movie see. give you synesthesia about? Uh, yeah. Exorcist is uh, pea soup green. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, so that was my buttery breakout. Box office for horror movies. Thank you, butter. Praise butter. <laughs> God bless butter. All right, Christine. Hail over butter. to you. Um, so my butter breakout was, I guess, this edition of Is the Something Something Real? So is the blood real? Uh, <laughs> is the oh god, colon, oh jeez, down. Well, no. So my focus was <laughs> horror behind the camera as well as in front of. Oh, I see. Mm. Uh, but I would say the real title is uh, lack of it. oversight and accountability for actors on sets. Okay. <laughs> Directors That's a less fun title. And producers suck. I like this, the <laughs> and blood are real. exploitive assholes. <laughs> yes. What's yeah. this blood? Um, so we did talk about, yeah, we talked about Rosemary's Baby and just the shit that went down, uh, all involving that yeah. um, set and the production of that movie. Um, another one that came up on a couple lists I was reading was Maximum Overdrive, the only movie that Stephen King directed. What happened there? So, uh, there is a scene that involves a runaway mower because the premise of the movie is when machines come alive. It's a dope movie. And one is a John Deere. And one is, uh... (laughs) Uh, is a lawn mo- sorry did I say tractor no you said no, lawn, lawn. Oh, I'm lawn sorry mower. I'm well sorry. I um, Carry on. I think a tra- there might be a, also a tractor that comes uh-huh. alive as well as a phone some weird shit but the lawn mower comes alive um, but they wanted real blades that could cut things mm, that's um, no 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 and according Steven. to this list the renegade lawn mower went well renegade speeding past where it was supposed to stop and hitting the camera with the unremoved oh. spinning blades the blades sliced off a splinter of plastic and sent it flying into the eye of director of photography Armando Nanuzzi oh, Armando. and he was rushed Armando. to the hospital and they tried to perform 
surgery, but he lost the sight of his eye. But oh we're, my gosh! Oh, he was so committed to this movie that he returned back to the set. Was like, gotta finish my job, finish the filming of the movie, and then he later sued Stephen King for eighteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Only eighteen. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know, man. Well, Adjusted he's doing pretty well. well I think. Yeah. Wow. So King, what's that in two thousand and nineteen? Uh, when <laughs> Give asked. Me a sec. When Stephen King was asked why he doesn't direct a movie since, he said, um, just watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> uh, wow. so, That's really funny. Um, another one that came up was one we had talked about earlier, which was The Shining mm. um, and oh, the hell that Shelley Duvall went through. So messed up. Um, yeah, so apparently just Stanley Kubrick made her life a living hell while she was filming Terrible. this. She had She was sick with like a cold for a lot of it. Uh, he forced her to do many takes of certain scenes. Like, and, like a hundred takes of some scenes, yeah. That's and exhausting. And he created, quote, an atmosphere of fear and isolation. So there is a great example of uh, no accountability when it comes to... Uh, Big time. Like, directors supposedly having a vision for something, but at the expense of the health and well-being of actors. And unfortunately, it seems like in the pattern of talking about Rosemary's Baby and, yeah. and uh, I, The Shining, I, it's female actresses that are going through hell. And Shelley Duvall is phenomenal in that movie, but to know that it was at that cost does not really, yeah, it doesn't really even out. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Uh, along those lines, uh, the set of the birds is notoriously Hell yeah, uh, the birds. Uh, it's really dangerous for actress Tippi Hedren, yeah. and that she was actually not only in the story constantly barraged by beaks, talons, and feathered bodies, but also in real life on set uh, that... Because Hitchcock insisted on having real birds everywhere, she was always being cut and scratched by all of the birds. So the blood was definitely real in that regard. He also had some Um, weird thing about hammering women women actresses' um, shoes to the floor for some fucking weird reason wait what creep that's a whole thing for, it's just for some, which movies i don't know it occurs in like a few i think in the production notes oh. i don't know he's a, he a creep too um well that sounds horrible <laughs> um well the last one i've got for you is a kind of a curious story huh. and it focuses on a little known masterpiece called guinea pig colon, Flowers of Flesh and Blood. That's the whole title. This is, yes. Wow. Um, this is a 1994. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen the movie. This is a 1991 Japanese horror uh, that Charlie Sheen decided to put on his uh, TV one day, okay. and he watched it, and he was so horrified by the movie he called the FBI and submitted it for an investigation because he was convinced that, in fact, a woman had actually been murdered on the screen. Um, and that they actually had to take the, <laughs> the directors and the producers to court so that they would prove that, in fact, no one was harmed in the making of this movie. So this is actually kind of like a reverse. Yeah, yeah. The blood was Ooh. not real, but Charlie Sheen but so took it upon himself to submit American this movie hero. 
Sheen. So we can all thank Charlie Sheen for uh, looking out for the American people. Thank and, you. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Tiger Blood. For that. For, expli- for exclusively that. <laughs> thank you. Can I? Do you have the omen on your list? Oh, I had, yes, but take it away. All right. I, if you, if you want to. No, no, no. Right. I, had, I hadn't circled it. As you can okay. see, and I overlooked it, and so I'm so glad you brought it up. So, Alyssa, okay. take it away. Because The Omen's like one of the most cursed film productions ever. Right. It's not really good. So, what happened? Um, I'm on an article right now. Who is this? It's The Ranker. That's not, that's great. All right. So <laughs> also, a source I used. It's a good source. Um, the director said when they were beginning production that Satan wasn't Satan wasn't going to like that they were doing the Omen because it's about like a kid Fair. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Wait, who, who said this? Um, the director before they started shooting because <laughs> there was a lot of lightning bolts. But the first thing that happened was designer John Richardson was in a car accident that could decapitated his passenger, just like in one of the scenes of the Omen. And then Whoa. when he came back to set, he was like. Well, <laughs> the wheels were torn from, were, one of the wheels from the car was torn, um, wait, hold on, what is he saying? Um, the guy with Richardson was knocked uncon- unconscious, but Moore, who was the passenger, was decapitated when one of the front wheels tore through the floor and oh. hit her in the head. No! Damn, that's a hell of a car accident. Oh my god. An animal trainer was hired to keep the cast and crew safe from angry baboons. He was killed by a tiger on set. (laughs) Holy shit. Man, you're blowing my mind. Satan chose to take his wrath out on the baboons trainer. (laughs) Some sources claim it was a lion, but in the words of the producer, Harvey, he was killed the day after we shot there. He was killed by a tiger. He grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly. Oh my god i'm so uh glad you're bringing this up i don't know why i chose to skip the omen <laughs> the omen's insane Damn, this, is, this the, is for you this is the most <laughs> fucked up i'm trying set. to visualize a car of a wheel coming into a i know don't visualize it. there's oh, you're been right. there, when um david seltzer and a couple of other cast and crews three separate um occasions when they were in airplanes it got struck by lightning <laughs> three separate planes different times the fuck a group of trained rottweilers suddenly attacked a stuntman for real injuring him and defying their trainer the stuntman was safely enclosed in a layer of protective padding, and the dogs were set loose. But nobody told them the dogs were set loose, and then they started attacking him. Oh my Jesus. god! There are a lot of animals in this movie. I don't there remember are. all there the animals. animals I've only seen. I don't. Oh yeah, the this dogs is the Gregory because... Peck one. Yeah, because right? the little kid yeah. keeps seeing Rottweilers. Um, let's see. What's another fun one? Um. Oh, one of the. One of, like, the main characters, I think, like, after filming, they, like, were diagnosed with cancer and then, like, literally died a couple months later. Yeah, Like, there was a familiar. bunch of weird things like that that happened. Also, someone brought a skeleton. I think it was the omen. Someone brought, like, a real human skeleton and didn't tell anyone that it wasn't a prop. It was, like, a real real human bones. So that stuff happened. Lots of fun. Mm. Yeah, so the omen's not great. Jeez. Read about it. Old-time filmmaking. Hell yeah. Wild, wild world. Hell I'm going to yeah. put another plug for this movie, Haxon. That's the 1920s witch movie. you got to watch it. I am, I'm sure all the animals that are killed in this movie are real. Wow. Yeah. So. That's intense. 
Um, well, well, wonderful. We got a little breakout. <laughs> we got some like uh, horror behind the scenes. We got some great Love facts it. around horror movie budgets. I guess everyone's got to go see What Lies Beneath. I do. Uh, I'll probably, back next time. I might watch that tonight. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, nice. it's pretty good. Spooky. Watch it and then take a warm bath. Okay. Well, I'll be oh, cold. Oh, okay, Dave. Well, I feel very cold. Oh, no. Just, don't, uh, just don't trust do me that. on that one. Don't do that. No, no. Don't take Dave's advice. You will know why. I trust you implicitly, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I've never um, been here. Thank you, Dave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Well... That was fun. Oh, this this was, was wonderful. Fun. And thank yeah. you so much, Alyssa, for yeah. being our very first guest. I'm, it's been great. I'm honored. Thanks, guys. Well, it's an I honor to have you. You have a special thing to plug, right? I do, do have a thing to plug. I'm here because I, I'm really happy and I'm glad like I'm honored and stuff that you guys welcomed me here into Dave's home. Um, yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, but <laughs> I want to plug my new podcast, Witch Path, with my friend Misty from South Philly. Uh, we took uh, a bu- Novel Idea Bookstore. Novel Idea Bookstore. That's the business and bookstore that she owns with her husband, Alex. We will be recording there. Our first recording session is on Saturday, like Saturday evening, and we should drop the first episode on Halloween, so super spooky. Um, the podcast is called Witch Path. We are going to be exploring how to come out of the broom closet as a witch to your family. I nice. was raised Catholic. Misty was raised Presbyterian. How do you navigate that? How do you talk to your very Christian, Jesus-loving mother that I'm just a little bit of a witch now? How do you do it? <laughs> um, from personal experience there, Liz? <laughs> no, I haven't told my mom, but it's fine. Um, we're going to talk about like self-care, how to take care of yourself, like doing different kinds of spells and things like that we're gonna be throwing in some true crime so um saturday we're gonna be talking about halloween sandham and we're Uh, also gonna talk about like some murders that happened during that time um certain things we'll cover we have like 30 ideas like we're gonna talk about familiars crystals astrology the satanic panic lots of fun stuff so um jump on that (laughs) awesome well we'll definitely be plugging it here on butter with that yeah plug me in fellow podcasts thanks mm. podcast friends and also um, Alyssa arts yeah and i got on our page Alyssa arts um i draw paint paintings paint paintings of people's pets and other things it's like a tongue twister somewhere in there uh, pet, yeah. pa- pet paintings of people's pets um if you're my friend or you want to become friends i'll paint a painting for you um instagram facebook Alyssa arts I don't, I'm not, I was about to get my phone number, but I'm not <laughs> Shoot me a text or a message. I don't know. All right. Have a great day. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Alyssa. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for joining us for this, um, this month's spooky episode. Ooh. We covered a lot of ground. So, uh, yeah, spooky. send us an email. Tell us what you think is spooky. Um, any sets you've been on that have been a horrible experience or just know I have any insights. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this week. <laughs> you could have a theater drama episode if you want. That's fun. Uh, Bye, Tori's dad. Bye, Dave's dad. Good <laughs> night, Dave's dad. And all of our, our beloved listeners. From our buttery hearts to yours. Ugh.